With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are excited to welcome Eli Carp from Inside In You onto the Hammond Rails podcast. Eli, how are you doing today? I'm well this morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Bright and early there in the central time of 9 a.m. Uh, we've got some Purdue and Northwestern football to talk about. Uh, big game this Saturday. Surprisingly, both teams coming in undefeated. Any first impressions on the season so far for you? Yeah, you know, I think for Northwestern fans, week one was an awakening in a sense that uh, Northwestern scored 45 or 40 points once last season, and that was against UMass, and it was still an ugly 45 points. It was a team that hardly – they scored literally like a touchdown a game in Big Ten play. And so to then put 43 up on Maryland and like 30 in the first half was kind of insane. And then you, you go to Iowa. They, they, they grind out a win versus Iowa after going down by 17 – and then they're able to, you know, chip away at what was a pretty typical Northwestern Nebraska game. And, uh, you know, this defense has not given up a single point in the second half. Um, after, after there were a couple opt-outs just a week before, at least they announced the opt-outs about a week before the season started, uh, one of Northwestern's projected starting safeties and defensive ends were among those. So there was a little bit of concern. Instead, the secondary has been lights out so far. And the defensive line has struggled a little bit, but it's held up enough. I mean, it's also been dealing with injuries. So the defense has been really impressive. And the offense, you know, has come down to earth a bit, you know, regressed to the mean after that week one performance. But it is still, far, you know, far and away better than what we saw last year, which is just what they need. And I think everyone, both inside and outside the program, would tell you that there's plenty of easy room for them to grow. What places are you looking for them to grow? I mean, so far, uh, both teams have benefited from a pretty weak schedule, I would say. Um, you know, none of the none of the heavy hitters. Your win against Maryland's looking a lot better right now. But what are some of those places uh, you expect to grow, and what Purdue can look at to uh, kind of be afraid of this week? Yeah, so I think I mean, obviously, the the, the number one issue. I mean, you have issue one A and one depending one and one A depending on what kind of a fan you are for Northwestern. <laughs> Last year it was the the twelve uh, year pl- uh, offensive coordinator Mick McCall, who fans have been probably wanting gone for at least five years, <laughs> who finally departed in the off season. They bring in Mike Bajakian, who has made several stops, most recently Boston College, and then they had a big quarterback issue last year. Five star transfer from Clemson, Hunter Johnson, just did not pan out. T.J. Green, who is battling with him for the job, sustains a season-ending injury in the first game of the season. Uh, and and the position was, was just a mess last year. So this year, they bring in Peyton Ramsey, a grad transfer from Indiana, over the offseason. And again, you know, 
Purdue fans know Ramsey. He's uh, you know not exactly. He had a great game against IU uh, against Purdue last year, but he's not exactly another worldly talent. But he's a good enough solid starter in the Big Ten to to keep you in games and win games. And for Northwestern, you don't need a quarterback that wins you games. That's not how this program has been built to succeed. You just need one that won't lose you the game and will make enough plays. And I think that was kind of exemplified against Nebraska, and he had a terrible first half. Uh, There was really a chance for Northwestern to step on Nebraska's throat early in the first quarter. They force two straight three-and-outs. They score a touchdown on their first drive on a 40-yard touchdown run by Drake Anderson. And then they had two drives where they started with relatively short fields. And Ramsey, I thought, on one of those first drives with good field position, had Bryce Kurtz, the receiver, open, just hit him in the hands, might have been a touch too strong, would have been like a 20-yard gain. Um, but Kurtz was looking back into the sun, and I think he just dropped it. I really don't believe that was Ramsey's fault. And anyway, that was kind of a momentum killer. They couldn't bring that in. And then New Northwestern misses a field goal, and, and then Nebraska is able to come back and really dominate the rest of the first half. Ramsey throws two picks. One of them was really bad, and one of them he was just he, – he underthrew, or if he – through with that strength, he would have had to release it a second or two earlier. Um, so that was a really bad first half. But then he comes back in the second. It was five of eight on third down with both his arms and his legs. Uh, Ten for 14, I believe, through the air. Throws two touchdowns, like 115 yards, and just does exactly what they need to come back and win that game. Um, but, but I think the last couple of weeks, anyone would tell you that Peyton Ramsey – has not been good, but he's <laughs> lifted himself up when he's needed to be, and that is something no Northwestern quarterback could do last year. Um, so I think you know some of it. Some of it's still adjusting to a new scheme. Everyone's still getting used to Mike Bajakian's offense. It's it's a bit different from Mick McCall's. It's more emphasis on the power run, less spread concepts, um, and, and sometimes it's a little confusing as to what's going on because. <laughs> just run a lot of things out of the same formation, whether they're the same plays or not. Um, but I think there's there's room to grow at the quarterback position. I think um, Northwestern missed Isaiah Bowser last week because he's just been nicked up with a lot of injuries, and they figured let's rest him and get him a little more rehab. So we have him fresh for the stretch run. That's Northwestern's uh, starting running back, very physical. That gets the hard yards. Isn't always the most efficient, but we saw – what was missing on Saturday? Drake Anderson is a you know a good change of pace from him, but but he's a wiggle guy who's not meant to run between the tackles 15, 20 times a game like Bowser is, and you know Bowser will get you an extra one two yards on those runs that makes that that sets up easier second and third down uh, chances. So I think those are the areas for Northwestern's offense defensively. It's it's really just the uh, the defensive line in, in getting pressure because again there was uh, Sam Samduk Miller was supposed to be a starting defensive end he opted out and then two of Northwestern's starting defensive tackles Trevor Kent and Jason Gold uh, they were both they, they they're both out right now for what we believe are injury related reasons at least Kent was inactive for game number one and Gold left that game early with an injury um, both of Yet to see the depth chart again. Maybe we'd see him soon, but in any case, it's Joe Spivak and Jake Saunders, along with 
Tommy Adebaware, who's on the defensive end, they're all pretty inexperienced in general. It's just not a very deep group at the moment because of those injuries. But defensive line coach Marty Long has just made a career out of plugging and playing guys and really never seeing a terrible, terrible drop off. Um, so the run defense has been pretty good, but they don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. And we've seen that now for a few straight weeks. And the secondary has bailed him out a few times, but, you know, against a Purdue offense <laughs> that is pass-heavy and where it makes its its money, that will be tested. I say you touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, I wanted to ask about what the strength of the Northwestern team was, and it sounds like it lies there in the defensive backfield. Though, am, am I reading that correctly from you? Yes. I, I would say right now you're probably looking at the – the, the linebackers have been really solid, and the secondary has just kind of been insane. You you did mention what's going to be probably the the chess piece that decides it, though. Purdue has a lot of wide receivers. We're still waiting to hear on whether Rondell Moore will play or not. Uh, we are literally hearing nothing at all from Brom on any injuries, so there's no... We know the feeling on that. Yeah, oh, good. So it's not just down here. Uh, I don't know when that became... I, I'm down here in SEC country, and I feel like every coach down here is pretty open about stuff. Something about the Big Ten, everyone's just bunkered down with their secrets. Uh, so, in your opinion, if they if you can't make some kind of pass rush, is your defensive backs, um, secondary linebackers, enough to, even without Rondell Moore, Purdue's wide receivers have shown themselves um, very dangerous, very good, and pretty much all all levels of the defense, um, very dangerous. Do you think they can hold up to an entire game of constant pressure from Milton Wright, David Bell? Payne has been very good at tight end. I think they can to an extent. They're going to need to get some more pressure. Um, but I will say one of the, I think, pleasant early surprises of the season is not just you know, the, the play of the starting secondary, but really the depth that has been shown. So Northwestern needs to play more nickel against Purdue. It can do that and is comfortable in the guys it's sending out. And I also think just generally, you know, anyone in the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten West who knows Northwestern knows its defensive scheme, which is bend, don't break, you know, with without having to go and describe it really much deeper. Mm. And they have simply been, I mean... They've been that and then some this year. They Against Nebraska, Nebraska drove into either the fringe of the red zone or the red zone several times and came away with one touchdown. And the only touchdown they scored was from the three-yard line after uh, they intercepted a Ramsey pass and brought it back there. So I think the, the average touchdown drive that Northwestern has allowed has been 18 yards. Wow. And they have not given up a touchdown drive longer than 45 yards. So they're fine to see yards in between in between the 20s. Um, and, and I think that's going to happen on, on Saturday. But there's a sense of confidence this year in the red zone that they just didn't have last year. You know, last year they were a fine defensive team, but they couldn't make any impact plays. This year they are holding – they're making seven threes, and they are making seven zeros in, in some cases where they're just turning the opponent over – at a rate that we haven't seen since, I mean, you could say 2018, maybe not even 2018. Um, so 
I think it's going to it's going to be it's going to be red zone battle. That's that's critical. Northwestern's corners are probably stronger than they've been in the last handful of years, at least from what we've seen in the first 3 games, but I think it's it's going to come down to the red zone and uh I think they're prepared for that. Okay, let me ask a, a little question for Purdue fans. What is a name what is the name of a Northwestern player that they don't know yet, but after this game we'll have nightmares about? Um, I'd say so far this season, maybe they know about him because he's just had such a, a really a coming out party over the first three weeks of the season. Brandon Joseph, who really nobody in Northwestern knew until the week one depth chart was released. <laughs> um, because Travis Willock starting safety opts out. He was a senior. He and J.R. Pace were set to be the senior safety tandem as they had been for the last couple of years. And there is a sense that maybe it would be Bryce Jackson Jr. who would earn that spot next to Pace. Instead, it's Joseph, who is a redshirt, uh, redshirt freshman. Uh, yeah, redshirt freshman. And he has been sensational, really. And, and I don't use that word lightly. Through the first three games, Northwestern had three interceptions versus Maryland. And while he didn't get one, then he was really aggressive and made some nice tackles. He had two second-half interceptions against Iowa that were really critical. And then he had another one in the end zone versus Nebraska. And, and so he's already got three interce- interceptions on the season. They they like to move him up as well in the in the defensive formation as well. Um, and, and even Pat Fitzgerald said at his post-game presser on, on Saturday that he was talking to Brandon Joseph after the game, and he was like, I don't think I played that well. Like, He's unhappy. He's unimpressed with himself. And he had six tackles and a pick and, and played <laughs> really well on Saturday, at least to, to, to the untrained eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's room for growth there. And, I mean, outside of – outside, you know, you know J.R. Pace because he's been there for a while. Greg Newsom is Northwestern's undisputed number one corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Brandon Joseph is a, a guy who's made a name for himself through the first three games among Northwestern fans that I don't think anyone else is really expecting. So – He's been a very – he will be tested, but it will be a very uh, – it, it'll be a bit of a bellwether or a, kind of a, an idea of really how far he's come and how he can hold up against uh, this, this Purdue uh, wide receiving core. That's very interesting. I definitely did not know that name before. Okay, um, how this game is going to go, if Northwestern wins, what is the advantage they have on the field that probably uh, seals the deal for them? So I think their their time of the, the way they've been able to hold the ball I think has been pretty impressive and obviously they're 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 comfortable leaving it in their defense's hands at the end of the game as they've done the last two games so um, I think it's going to be it's going to be eating up the clock per usual but with a little more a little bit more efficiency I'd say um, I mean I, I don't I, at least. From what I gathered from the Iowa-Purdue game when I was looking at that before Northwestern's matchup versus Iowa, Iowa kind of dominated statistically. Um, And even against uh, Illinois, Illinois was able to put up a bunch of yards, even if it came in a big comeback, if I'm I'm correct. Um, So I think, you know, I don't think the Purdue defense is especially scary to Northwestern. It probably is... It can't be that different from when they saw versus Nebraska. It might be even a little softer than Nebraska. Um, and that, that being said, it's not like Northwestern put a beating on Nebraska offensively. <laughs> it really didn't. But um, it knows it can be better. So I think the power run game. I mean, I don't know if, if uh, George Karloftis is going to be healthy to go, but I think 
that is a, a really uh, that, that that's an important matchup. The, the offensive line for Northwestern has been pretty good this season. Uh, there are also a, uh, an opt out there with Rashawn Slater, Northwestern's star NFL bound left tackle, who many believe will go in the first round. They start a, a true freshman, their highest ever rated recruit from at the offensive line position, and he's been nothing short of fantastic, Peter Skaronsky. And the rest of the offensive line is fairly veteran, and they've done their job. So I think it, Northwestern's offensive line, if they, if they have a decent day against the Purdue de- defensive line, I think Northwestern will be fine. That is particularly concerning since the last time we saw Purdue's defense, uh, our best defensive player, George Karloftis, went out with a knee injury against Illinois. Um, as we've said, we have no word on any injury for any player. So if he is down, that means the biggest playmaker on Purdue's defense is out. And you are right, the defensive line has struggled. We're on the smaller side. Um, we're not particularly fast um, on the line without Karloftis. So you should definitely have quite a bit of running room. And if you have the patience to do that, honestly, Iowa's biggest thing is they went away from it enough to an inefficient pass game that they were unable to get points. Um, So that's terrifying. Thank you for that. Uh, Eli, uh, we're going to wrap this up pretty shortly. Why don't you uh, tell everyone where they can find your stuff and then we'll get into predictions uh, where they can find you on the interwebs. Sure. So um, I run Inside NU. I'm a, a junior at Northwestern. I run InsideNU.com, the, obviously, as you know, the SB Nation site covering mm-hmm. Northwestern, with my co-editor-in-chief, Leah Simakopoulos, another junior. Um, so, you know, you, you can find all of our, our work and our staff stuff at InsideNU.com on Twitter. Um, the, the site account is at InsideNU, and I have to say, if, if if I'm if I'm tweeting, it's normally through there, and that's probably I, I would say my my best work on the bird app. Um, <laughs> and personally, you guys do have a very funny Twitter underscore Eli, um, but that's more uh, I'd say more irrelevant stuff or just less frequent stuff. So so at Inside and is probably where you'll find the most entertaining stuff. Yeah, you guys are very t- funny on Twitter. I kind of talked over you there for a second. Um, that's all I'll say to it. At Carp underscore Eli, if you want to see him personally, um, like at, at Inside in you, like you said. Let's go ahead and give me your predictions for the game then. Sure. So let's see. Last couple of weeks, I picked Northwestern to win in slightly higher scoring games than they have been. Oh and I do, I do think Northwestern is going to win this game. Um, I, I, I have to say, I am a little bit scared of Purdue just because of its receivers. And in the winnability rankings of our staff, I had Purdue ranked as number four, which was probably one of the highest, if not the highest, of anyone on staff. Honestly, Rondell Moore being back would, would add add some anxiety to that. Um, <laughs> that being said, I have this weird feeling that he won't play, but please, I don't know anything. Um, and so I'm going to go Northwestern wins. Let's see. I think it's going to be... Again, a low to mid twenties game because I think I think Northwestern is going to do a similar thing to what it's done the last couple of games offensively, but maybe be a little more balanced and cleaner. And they they will be able to methodically you know, they won't blow the doors off of the Purdue defense, I don't think, but I I think they'll methodically work on the ground and do enough through the air. So I I'll go I'll go twenty four nineteen Northwestern Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Holds Purdue to a few field goals. How's your kicker? Uh, he's pretty good. Dellinger okay. is uh, pretty solid. He's been around for 
quite a long time. We'll see how the wind and weather holds up. Yeah, I'll go 24-19 Northwestern. I am probably going to, a little higher scoring game, 31-27 Purdue, because we can't agree on things. That would be weird. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, Eli, this has been great. Uh, we've had some really good nuggets about a Northwestern football team that is 3-0. Uh, it's going to be a fun matchup of surprising undefeateds, um, and we look forward to it. Uh, we thank you for coming on, and we'll talk to you when basketball season comes around. My pleasure. That'll be less fun. <laughs> All right. Stay safe. Everybody.